Welcome to Spiritual Awakening Radio. Today, another installment in my ongoing occasional series on this channel, on this podcast, devoted to vegetarianism and veganism. Today, another installment in my ongoing series exploring Christian vegetarianism, the Christian vegetarian series. And I'd like to thank those who in the past have shared some of these programs, have liked, have favored, have shared some of these programs on their channels, have forwarded this information. It's very vital to share this information with humanity for all those who can benefit. And of course, during the month of Veganuary is a great time to be promoting the vegan cause to encourage people to at least become vegetarian and to become aware of this ancient tradition within Christianity of vegetarianism. Today, as part of this installment of the Christian Vegetarian series, St. Jerome and the Ebionite Book of Acts or Clementine homilies, studies in the Clementine Homilies. Got an email from someone recently asking about certain quotes I made on an earlier podcast from the Clementine literature, the Ebionite Book of Acts. And so I started looking at all of these passages and realized there's a vast amount of material to cover. So today, St. Jerome, as well as more from the Ebionite Book of Acts, I'll explain what that is and share some amazing passages from the early years of Christianity. These passages I'll be sharing today are not anything new, not recently dug up in Egypt or something. These are all writings that have been in the libraries of Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, Syrian, Coptic, Ethiopian and other branches of Christianity for many, 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 many centuries. The Anti-Nicene Fathers, of course, represents the writings that predate the Council of Nicaea. And that's where you'll find the Clementine literature. These writings have been around for a long time. You'll find the Anti-Nicene Fathers, all of those wonderful volumes in the libraries and monasteries of mainstream Christianity for centuries and centuries, dating back to the early years of Christianity. In my research recently, I discovered a church father by the name of Theophilus of Antioch, who lived from 115 to 181. He was doing a commentary on the first couple of chapters of the book of Genesis and said some interesting things. I thought I would begin there on today's program and you'll see that it segues rather nicely into the teachings of St. Jerome and then from there the Ebionite book of Acts or Clementine literature. Theophilus of Antioch born 115 passed on 181 A.D very early church father. For as the fish and the fowls are of one nature, some indeed abide in their natural state and do no harm to those weaker than themselves, 
but keep the law of God and eat the seeds of the earth. Others of them again transgress the law of God and eat flesh and injure those weaker than themselves. Thus too the righteous, keeping the law of God, bite and injure none, but live holy and righteously. But robbers and murderers and godless persons are like monsters of the deep and wild beasts and birds of prey, for they virtually devour those weaker than themselves. Interesting, interesting indeed. Words of wisdom from Theophilus of Antioch, an early church father. Beginning today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. The Vegetarian Christian series continued. St. Jerome and the Ebionite Book of Acts. St. Jerome, born around 345 A.D., passed on 420 A.D., His Latin name is Eusebius Hieronymus. Thus we have quotes attributed to Jerome and to Hieronymus. They're the same person. St. Jerome, or Hieronymus, was a Christian monk and scholar whose outstanding work was the production of the Vulgate, the principal and official Latin translation of the Bible. There is a feast day in his honor on September 30th each year. Here are some vegetarian passages, a couple of key vegetarian passages from a famous person like that who translated the Vulgate or Latin translation of the Bible, which became the official Bible for a very long time. That is an interesting, authoritative, and fairly mainstream sort of person, saint of Catholicism. And you know what? He was a vegetarian and said things like this, quote, The use of the flesh of animals was unknown up to the deluge, the flood of Noah. But after the deluge... Men put between their teeth the sinews and stinking juices of flesh. Jesus Christ today does not permit us to eat flesh, according to the Apostle. And then Jerome quotes Romans chapter 14, verse 21 from the New Testament. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles, a quote from the Apostle Paul, here using the Tree of Life translation, which I sometimes prefer using. Back to St. Jerome. It is good never to drink wine and never to eat flesh, for the use of wine has commenced with that of flesh after the deluge, the flood of Noah. And that is from a letter, a letter from St. Jerome to Eustaquie. 
during the early years of Christianity. Another vegetarian passage from Jerome. And it somewhat related or resembles to some extent the first one. And then I'll talk about how it fits into a certain school of early Christianity. And then I'll share with you about the life of Jerome, and it will all fit in. It will all make sense how he gained access to this information. Jerome said, The consumption of animal flesh was unknown up until the Great Flood. But since the Great Flood, we have had animal flesh stuffed into our mouths. Jesus the Christ, who appeared when the time was fulfilled, again joined the end to the beginning, so that we are now no longer allowed to eat animal flesh. Unquote. Saint Jerome, church father, his Latin name is Eusebius Hieronymus. There very emphatically vegetarian, isn't he? Very clearly and emphatically vegetarian, recalling a vegan or vegetarian Genesis chapter 1, and affirming that this is the diet of, well, certainly his approach to Christianity. Now, the way he described that, that pro, let's get back to Eden uh, approach to vegetarianism as being something about the ideal of creation and that Christ came to abolish any sacrifices and the eating of flesh, that sort of teaching resembles teachings found in the Gospel of the Hebrews as well as the Gospel of the Ebionites as well as the Ebionite Book of Acts which is another term for the Clementine literature, the Clementine homilies and recognitions. The Clementine literature represents the largest vegetarian Christian scripture from the early years of Christianity. It is a huge collection of writings. We only have a few surviving passages from the Gospel of the Hebrews and the Gospel of the Ebionites, enough to know that they were pro-vegetarian Gospels, but we have this vast amount of material in the Clementine literature, which is a kind of alternate book of Acts or sequel to the book of Acts, or rival to the book of Acts. It is a book of Acts coming from the point of view, not of the Apostle Paul, but that of James the Just in Jerusalem and the Apostle Peter. So it's another angle of early Christian history, a different kind of book of Acts. And it is so huge! It is such a vast amount of material. I am amazed that those vegetarian Christian movements of centuries gone by haven't made use of it. You know, in the past, we have had 
vegetarian or vegan movements within Judaism and Christianity based on the reading of accepted scripture. Some have noticed the vegan beginnings of Genesis chapter 1, noticed some positive plant-based recommendations of the book of Daniel, prophecies in the writings of the prophets talking about the end of animal sacrifice and a plant-based vision of the future or prophecies of the future of humanity they noticed that Jesus came to abolish sacrifice they might have noticed the Apostle Paul fighting with vegetarians in his New Testament epistles or letters and those date to about 50 AD people may haggle about the dates of texts you know second century third century composed in the second century but copied made you know copies uh, of it in the third century and so on they may haggle about the date of texts but here we have the apostle paul arguing with vegetarians sometime around 50 a.d so some have noticed these things there have been christian denominations in the past that have been vegetarian trying to piece together as best as they could having fairly good intuition and there are many other texts that one could call upon to fill in some of the gaps and indeed confirm the extent of the vegetarianism present in early Christianity and of course Saint Jerome is a rather authoritative voice in that regard and we have the Clementine literature which represents the largest vegetarian Christian scripture that survives and furthermore as I mentioned it's not a newly discovered text from Egypt but is something part of a 13 volume set known as the Anti-Nicene Fathers found in the libraries of Catholic Protestant Orthodox monasteries libraries you know fairly mainstream not really a way out there sort of newly arrived text but something that's been present as part of the historic record since antiquity and can be called upon by those interested in promoting vegetarianism in Christianity to show how vegetarianism has been part of the Christian tradition since the early days and on today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, I wish to explore some of those veg passages found in the Ebionite Book of Acts, the Clementine literature. And I'll be doing that after I finish sharing about St. Jerome. We shared a couple of passages of St. Jerome. This is about St. Jerome, found in a book called Vegetarian Christian Saints, Mystics, Ascetics, and Monks by Dr. Holly Roberts. A page dedicated to St. Jerome. Doctor of the Church, Born 345, passed on 420 A.D. 
St. Jerome sought deep understanding of the scriptures. He studied Hebrew from an aged Jewish scholar to attain the wisdom he needed to share God's word. St. Jerome was born to a well-to-do Italian family and was sent to Rome for his education. After three years of schooling, Jerome felt the need to learn more of life through experience. He traveled throughout Europe and happened to meet a priest from Antioch who influenced him to travel further east, Antioch, Syria. Jerome set off with three friends to reach Antioch, but illness took the lives of two of his friends and left Jerome seriously ill. After a meeting with St. Malchus, Jerome decided to travel to a barren desert region southeast of Antioch, where he remained in solitude and contemplation for four years. To draw himself further from the temptations of the world, he began to study Hebrew from an older Jewish monk who converted to Christianity. He found these studies extremely difficult, but afterwards thanked the Lord because with knowledge of Hebrew, he had become equipped to work as a biblical scholar, translator, and writer. Many people were impressed by Jerome's holiness, learning, and truthfulness, yet his blunt honesty often drew him into conflicts and left him vulnerable to those who sought to attack his reputation. He embarked upon a search for a quiet retreat in Palestine. Upon finding one, he decided to live and work in a tiny cell formed within a large rock close to Jesus' birthplace. Jerome opened a free school and a hospice for the community and found peace for himself. He wrote of his life in the desert, bread, our own vegetables, and milk. Country fare provided us with a plain but healthy diet. In summer, the trees gave us shade. In autumn, the air is cool and the fallen leaves are restful. In spring, our chanting of the psalms is made sweeter by the singing of the birds, unquote. So, he's not vegan, but he's most definitely vegetarian, eating bread, vegetables, having milk, a healthy diet, according to Jerome. It was St. Jerome's critical scholarship concerning the Holy Scriptures that has given his name the high level of respect it maintains. Because he lived less than four centuries after Jesus, he was able to trace names and lineages so as to shed understanding upon the names of ancient places, people, and customs described in the Bible, and other texts of antiquity. As Greek and Aramaic were still living languages during his time, Jerome was able to interpret many ancient treatises. His writings have contributed greatly to our understanding of many passages of the Bible, 
more than would have been possible were he not dedicated to this endeavor. Because St. Jerome was a man of prayer and piety, it seemed to follow that he became a devout interpreter of the Bible. During his years of retreat at Bethlehem, he was able to revise correctly numerous translations of the Psalms, New Testament, and most of the Hebrew Scriptures. St. Jerome was a gifted, peaceful man who was blessed with the special mission of bringing God's word to humankind because Jerome wanted to be at peace with all of God's creation he chose to live as a vegetarian those are some excerpts on the life and vegetarianism of St. Jerome found in the book Vegetarian Christian Saints Mystics, Ascetics and Monks So here is someone who hung out in Antioch, Syria, became a contemplative mystic in Syria, hung out in the Bethlehem area, Palestine, Israel, became fluent in the study of ancient texts and languages. And as I shared earlier, he said things like the consumption of animal flesh was unknown up until the Great Flood. But since the Great Flood, we have had animal flesh stuffed into our mouths. Jesus the Christ, who appeared when the time was fulfilled, again joined the end to the beginning, so that we are now no longer allowed to eat animal flesh." This teaching that he is espousing there greatly resembles the teachings found in the Gospel of the Hebrews, Gospel of the Ebionites, and the Clementine homilies, early Christian vegetarian writings, which it really does sound like Jerome was fluent in, had access to during his day in languages such as Hebrew and Aramaic. Sounds like he studied these texts, and although you can't really characterize Jerome as a closet Ebionite, you know, some, you know, Sabbath-keeping feast day type person when it comes to vegetarianism he certainly was very much in agreement with the Ebionite gospel and the Ebionite book of Acts which we will explore next Ebionite Book of Acts, the Clementine Homilies, and Recognitions. Ancient texts, an Ebionite Book of Acts, found in Greek, Latin, as well as Syriac, Aramaic. There was an, an original, a lost original, earlier version of this Ebionite Book of Acts. And then at some point it underwent a rewrite and an expansion. In fact, there's more than one copy of it. 
Sometimes you'll find parallel verses present in two different versions of the Clementine literature, the Book of Homilies, as well as the Clementine recognitions. And, of course, this expanded edition was authored later. There is also a Syriac-Aramaic edition of the Clementine literature, which probably doesn't represent the earliest strata or layer of it, but probably is earlier to some extent. There's a very nice new translation of it that came out fairly recently. It also turns up in other languages. You know, this Clementine literature has been studied by Egyptian Christians and Ethiopian and Armenian Christians. It's in Latin, it's in Greek, it's in Syriac, and has been a text with us for most of the last 2,000 years. Homilies 345 on sacrifices. But that he is not pleased with sacrifices is shown by this, that those who lusted after flesh were slain as soon as they tasted it and were consigned to a tomb, so that it was called the grave of lusts. He then who at the first was displeased with the slaughtering of animals, not wishing them to be slain, did not ordain sacrifices as desiring them, nor from the beginning did he require them. For neither are sacrifices accomplished without the slaughter of animals, nor can the first fruits be presented. Unquote. In the Gospel of the Hebrews, which was sacred to early Christian groups such as the Ebionites, Jesus Christ and John the Baptist are portrayed as vegetarians. The Ebionites, as well as other early Christian groups, were themselves vegetarians. The Ebionites accepted only the Gospel of the Hebrews as authentic and believed that this Gospel was the original Gospel of Matthew. Not the same as our current Gospel of Matthew, by the way. In their version of the Gospel of the Hebrews, known as the Gospel of the Ebionites, Jesus said, I am come to do away with sacrifices, and if you cease not sacrificing, the wrath of God will not cease from you. According to the Gospel of the Ebionites, Christ also rejected the Passover meal. Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? To which Christ replies, I have no desire to eat the flesh of this paschal lamb with you, unquote. In the New Testament we find, go and find out what is meant by the scripture that says, it is kindness that I want, not animal sacrifices. Jesus Gospel of Matthew 9.13 Here Christ was referring to a passage in the Hebrew Bible that was very popular with the Essenes, the Essene branch, the vegetarian branch of, Ju- of Judaism that rejected sacrifices in the Temple of Jerusalem. 
Hosea 6.6, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Before the, the advent of Christianity, in Judaism itself, there was a vegetarian movement. And the Essenes were not kosher, but completely vegetarian and opposed to animal sacrifice in the Jewish temple of Jerusalem. So a lot of this vegetarianism going on in Judaism dates well before the time of Jesus and early Christianity. It was contemporary. The Essenes were contemporary with early Christianity, but date back long before. I mean, the the book of First Enoch, which is a kind of messianic prophetic text, dates back, you know, a couple of centuries B.C. and was a key text found at Qumran as part of the Dead Sea Scroll discovery. So this vegetarian movement within Judaism predates Christianity by centuries. Some passages from the Gospel of Matthew. Clement of Alexandria and more from the Clementine literature at the Ebionite Book of Acts. This is from the Gospel of Matthew, a saying attributed to Jesus from one of the earliest surviving Syriac Aramaic manuscripts of the Gospel of Matthew right at the beginning of what we can glimpse of early Christian writings. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside... You are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Unquote. This passage comes from Clement of Alexandria. Sacrifices were invented by men to be a pretext for eating flesh. Unquote. That makes Clement of Alexandria sound rather vegetarian, and we know from other passages that Clement of Alexandria indeed was a vegetarian. Jewish sects. This is from the Ebionite Book of Acts, the Clementine literature, Book of Recognitions 154. For when the rising of Christ was at hand for the abolition of sacrifices and for the bestowal of the grace of baptism, the enemy, understanding from the predictions that the time was at hand, wrought various schisms among the people. And then the text goes on to describe scribes and Pharisees and others. This is from Recognitions 139. Baptism instituted in place of sacrifices. When the time began to draw near, that what was wanting in the Mosaic institutions should be supplied, as we have said, and that the prophet should appear 
of whom he had foretold that he should warn them by the mercy of God to cease from sacrificing, lest haply they might suppose that on the cessation of sacrifice there was no remission of sins for them, he instituted baptism by water amongst them, in which they might be absolved from all their sins on the invocation of his name, and for the future, following a perfect life, might abide in immortality, being purified not by the blood of beasts, but by the purification of the wisdom of God. Recognitions 139. A bit of a funky translation, not quite in modern English, but still, I think, conveys fairly clearly the idea that this was about uh, baptism replacing sacrifice of animals in the Jewish temple of Jerusalem and the beginning of a new covenant coming into being. This is attributed to St. Peter in the Clementine literature. The unnatural eating of flesh meats is as polluting as the heathen worship of devils with its sacrifices and its impure feasts. Through participation in a man becomes a fellow eater with devils. Now that is a teaching very much present in the Clementine literature that eating meat is a kind of gateway to evil uh, in different ways. And also eating meat in a kind of feast with other people is especially a negative or evil influence, which is why there was this controversy in early Christianity about Christians not eating with non-believers, you know, and of course that may pertain to what might be served <laughs> at such gatherings, right? So that that was a thing with them to not eat meat but also not to eat meat with other people uh, who were eating meat, not to have a kind of table together in fellowship. You know, that was a very important teaching for the Ebionite Christians, for the, the Hebrew Christians. Of course, these days we have a lot of medical research about meat-causing inflammation and cholesterol, the blocking of arteries, premature death due to heart disease, cancer, and all kinds of things which are medical evils, evil spirits of uh, negative effects of eating meat, clogging arteries and causing people to die a lot sooner than they might otherwise. Back to the Book of Homilies, part of the Clementine literature. So it is in the case of Simon. He is a power on the left hand of God and has authority to do harm to those who know not God so that he has been able to involve you in diseases. But by these very diseases which have been permitted to come upon you by the good providence of God, you, seeking and finding him who is able to cure, have been compelled to submit to the will of God on the occasion of the cure of the body, and to think of believing in order that, in this way, you may have your souls 
as well as your bodies in a healthy state. So in ancient times, you know, the eating of meat was linked to disease and not being in good health, as well as, of course, a discussion about devils or demons or negative spirits, you know, finding entry as a result of eating meat or eating meat with others, eating meat sacrificed to idols, participating in feasts or holy days and rituals that involved meat as well. So there's a medical, there's a health and disease dimension to all of this as well. For the demons would never have had power over you had you not had you had not you first supped with their prince for thus from the beginning was a law laid by god the creator of all things on each of the two princes him of the right hand and him of the left that neither should have power over anyone whom they might wish to benefit or to hurt unless first he had sat down at the same table with them. Sort of a granting permission sort of thing, as well as a a dining or communion sort of thing. Quote, As then when you partook of meat offered to idols, you became servants to the prince of evil. In like manner, if you cease from these things and flee for refuge to God, through the good prince of his right hand, honoring him without sacrifices by doing whatsoever he wills, know of a truth that not only will your bodies be healed, but your souls also will become healthy. For he only, destroying with his left hand, can quicken with his right That's from the book of homilies. The Golden Rule. And this is also from the Clementine literature. The Golden Rule. Wherefore, as then ye were deceived by the forerunner Simon, and so become dead in your souls to God, and were smitten in your bodies, so now if you repent, if you change, as I said, and submit to those things which are well-pleasing to God, you may get new strength to your bodies and recover your soul's health. And the things which are well-pleasing to God are these, to pray to him, to ask from him, recognizing that he is the giver of all things and gives with discriminating law, to abstain from the table of devils, to not taste dead flesh, to not touch blood, That's from the Clementine literature. Sounds very vegetarian, doesn't it? And it includes health and well-being to the body as well as the soul as a result of rejecting meat, having anything to do with meat and those religious practices which do involve meat. 
the service of God's appointment. And this is the service he has appointed to worship him only and to trust only in the prophet of truth and to be baptized for the remission of sins and thus by this pure baptism to be born again unto God by saving water to abstain from the table of devils that is from food offered to idols from dead carcasses from animals sounds rather vegetarian doesn't it in the Ebionite book of Acts known as the Clementine homilies, the apostle Peter is quoted as having said, I live on olives and bread to which I rarely only add vegetables. That's found in homilies, that's found also in the book of recognitions, book 7. And it's also found in the Syriac Aramaic version, which I will also share today. You do not know our way of life, being served only with bread and olives and sometimes pot herbs or small herbs. But furthermore, we have no other cloak or coat except this that I wear, and I do not have need of another. Indeed, because my mind looks at eternal things, it does not take any account of the things that are present. Unquote. That's the Apostle Peter with a simple plant-based diet and just, you know, one, one uh, cloak and a very simple kind of lifestyle of poverty and simplicity. And finally today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, in this study of the Clementine literature, the Ebionite Book of Acts, this passage from Recognitions 9.20 in the Keith Akers translation of Recognition. I think it's 9.22 in the Anti-Nicene Fathers is a bit of a numbering system difference between the two different translations. There are likewise amongst the Bactrians in the Indian countries. Back then, India was broken into many different provinces 2,000 years ago. There are likewise amongst the Bactrians in the Indian countries immense multitudes of Brahmins who also themselves, from the tradition of their ancestors, peaceful customs and laws neither commit murder, nor adultery, nor worship idols, nor have the practice of eating animal food, are never drunk, never do anything maliciously, but always revere God. That's from a chapter called Brahmins. Showering praise on those in India, or the Indian countries as they describe India back then, showering praise on those who are peaceful and follow laws, worship one God, and are vegetarian, or vegan, actually, because it sounds very plant-based. You know, not having the practice of eating animal food. 
Amazing. And that's also in the the Ebionite Book of Acts, the Clementine literature. Recognitions 920. This author of the Clementine literature would have really liked the poetry of Kabir, which expounds all of the things he lists there, including the vegetarianism. Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, muddling through some of these translations. Some of these translations are a bit funky, not quite modern English translations, but I hope it was all adequate in communicating the teachings of St. Jerome, the vegetarianism of St. Jerome, the vegetarianism of the Apostle Peter, and this Clementine literature, also known as the Ebionite Book of Acts. And uh, that little bit I found the other day from Theophilus of Antioch as well, which I will conclude today's program by reading again. Thanks for joining me for today's Spiritual Awakening Radio. Another installment in the Christian Vegetarian series. Today, St. Jerome and the Ebionite Book of Acts. But I'll conclude with Theophilus of Antioch because he lived from 115 to 181 A.D. For as the fish and the fowls are of one nature, some indeed abide in their natural state and do no harm to those weaker than themselves, but keep the law of God and eat of the seeds of the earth. Others of them again transgress the law of God and eat flesh and injure those weaker than themselves. Thus too the righteous, keeping the law of God, bite and injure none, but live holy and righteously. But robbers and murderers and godless persons are like monsters of the deep and wild beasts and birds of prey, for they virtually devour those weaker than themselves. (laughs) 